Today on Main Thing Radio with Pastor Robert Fountain of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach. One of my favorite teachers in Youth of the Mission hammered it into it. There's nothing weak in meekness. Meekness is great strength, great power under control. He said, if there's not strength, there can't be meekness. Then it is just weakness, right? If you're just weak, you can't be meek. There's no strength to put under anybody's control. Meekness, great strength, great power, but submitted under control. What is real meekness? In today's message, Pastor Robert shares that meekness is really great strength under control. Meekness does not mean weakness. If there is not strength, then really you can't have meekness. Are you meek? God calls us to meekness, to be strong yet under control. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. But first, here's Pastor Robert in the book of James, chapter 3, verse 11, with today's study. Last week, we left off at James chapter 3, verse 12. So today, the focus of our study is going to be James 3, 13 to 18. But I think we'd be wise to back up and get a bit of a running start, so to speak. So we're going to read from verse 11. I need to warn you up front, okay? This is one of those no-joke passages of Scripture. He starts off, he says, Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives, or a grapevine bear figs? And the answer is, of course not, obviously. So he goes on, he says, thus no spring yields both salt water and fresh. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. You know, we're looking here at a contrast between wisdom from God and wisdom that isn't really wisdom. In reality, he says it's from the pit of hell. It's demonic. It's a delusion. Now look back with me at verse 13. He says, who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. Let me paraphrase that for you. Who is wise and understanding among you? Prove it by the way you live. Show us your wisdom. Show us your understanding by living your life in the meekness of wisdom. The meekness of wisdom, he says. It'll be visible. It'll be evident in the choices that you make, in the the decisions, the conduct, your behavior, your behavior. The meekness of wisdom. What does that mean? You know, we've talked about this word meek many times. The Greek word is prous. Or to be specific, here in James 3.13, according to my trusty olive tree Bible software, 
The word is actually proutis. And by the way, let me you know, clarify with you guys. One of our teachers, one of the guys that I love to listen to, warned us at a conference last year. He said, you know, you, I never refer back to the, you know, the Greek, the, the original language, the Greek word. You, know, you do that, you just make people feel like they don't know anything. You make them feel dumb. Listen, you need to understand something. I never went to Bible college. I don't speak Greek. I don't read Greek. I don't know Greek. The only reason I know that the word is prous is I looked it up in the olive tree Bible software. You don't have to be a genius, you just have to be a little diligent. If you're willing to look for it these days, oh my goodness, man, is it available? And this is so important for you and me to understand. This word that's used by the Bible in this passage, the meekness of wisdom, meekness. It speaks of gentleness, calmness. It's the word that was always used in the Greek books and, you know, the the Greek classics to describe an animal that had been trained and tamed and gentled. I was reading, I'm, I'm in the middle actually of a little booklet by Dr. A.E. Wildersmith. How many of you have heard of Dr. A.E. Wildersmith? Anybody ever heard of Wildersmith? That's a name you need to remember. That's why I'm repeating it over and over. Wildersmith, remember that name. The old guy, he passed away a few years ago. Brilliant chemist, scientist who loved the Lord and he wrote several relatively small books. He was one of the original researchers on the subject of addictions, substance abuse, you know, being addicted to, you know, chemical dependency and stuff like that. And, and he did, I think he was the first one. He was certainly one of the first, one of the first to do research on why it is that drug addicts overdose and die when they, if they relapse, you know, they, they're addicted. Let's say they're addicted to heroin for years and years and years, and then they get clean and they stay clean for a while. And when they relapse, they overdose and die. It was such a pattern that he researched it to find out why. Wrote a book about it. You know, wrote a paper that became a book on what it is that takes place physiologically and what's going on and all those kind of things. But he also wrote a little book on the subject of why is there evil? I mean, if God is all powerful, if there's, you know, a good God, you know why? The title of the book is, Is This a God of Love? I just ordered a whole bunch of them because I want them to be available to you guys as well. And Wilder Smith talks about this subject, though, of meekness and being a meek person. He tells a story of a, a pastor who wrote him a letter about this, and he, he said in there he described how on the farm they had teams of horses that had to be gentled and trained so that they could use them to pull up stumps and make the land you know, usable to farm. You know, they had to get the stumps out of the way and move the... The rocks, and he talked about how after a certain amount of training that the farmer would no longer have to stand there and lead them as they pulled up the stumps, hook them up in their teams, maybe four to a team, hook them up to a stump, and they would pull it up. And he said the ones in the back would be nipping at the ones in the front to, you know, it's like you're not working hard enough. And they would pull together and pull up the stump, and once they pulled it out of the ground, they'd move to the next stump. Nobody had to tell them, we're doing another one. They'd just move over to the next stump. And they were waiting on the farmer, you know, to hook them up to the stump that needed to be pulled up because they had been well-trained and they were submitted to the authority of the farmer and all of that power, but in submission. One of my favorite teachers in Youth of the Mission hammered it into it. There's nothing weak in meekness. Meekness is great strength, great power under control. He said, if there's not strength, there can't be meekness. Then it is just weakness, Right? If you're just weak, you can't be meek. There's no strength to put under anybody's control. Meekness, great strength, great power, but submitted under control. 
The Bible says that your conduct reveals whether or not you've truly learned to trust the Lord Jesus. Let me say that again. The Bible says that your conduct demonstrates whether or not you've learned to really trust Jesus. So I grew up thinking, you know, trust Jesus, trust Jesus. That's it's cliche. You know, it, it was a, a figure of speech. I trusted Jesus when I was 11 years old. No, I didn't. I got baptized. I joined the church, but I didn't learn to trust Jesus until I was in my mid-20s. I'm still learning to trust him. Because see, we're talking about something real. We're talking about something that's not a figure of speech. Jesus rose from the dead. He's alive. You can trust him. You must trust him. He's trustworthy. This is not a figure of speech. This is, this is real. Let me ask you, as a general rule, do you calmly submit your plans to him? Or do you just charge ahead and do whatever you think you ought to do and and hope that he's got your back? As if the Bible says, here come, let me follow you. Is that what the Bible says? That's not what it says, right? The Bible says, no, we're supposed to follow Jesus. Many times we live as though he's following us. Like we're the ones in the lead. We make the decisions, we make the plans, and we charge ahead and you know, every now and then we glance back, hoping he's still somewhere back there. And if something goes wrong, we can cry out to him to fix it. We all do this to a certain extent. And when we do, who pays the consequences? We do. Another one, I, I got so tickled last night as I was trying to go to sleep, I'm reading this little booklet, you know, Dr. Wilder Smith, and he's talking about the fact that, I never thought about it this way, he, but he talked about the free will that we have, right? We have the freedom to choose to trust God or not. We have the freedom to choose to do it his way or not. And Wilder Smith pointed out, you know what we don't have with our free will? We don't have the freedom to dictate the consequences of our actions. No, those are preset. Oh, you want to live in rebellion against God? You're going to suffer. And maybe others, other people might as well. He doesn't suffer for my stupidity. I suffer for my stupidity. My children may suffer. My wife may suffer. My parents may suffer. See, so many times we forget that he's trying to help us. He's trying to bless us. He's given us a book with all this information in it, with all of these principles, with all of these precepts. He's actually given us a book that tells us how he set all this up, that tells us clearly in black and white There will be consequences for your rebellious choices. There will be negative consequences if you choose to do things without consulting your father first because there's stuff you don't know. James talks about it, the arrogance when we say, you know, I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do that and and he says, you don't know what tomorrow holds. You're not God. He says, what you should say is, if that's his plan, this is what I'm gonna do. You know, I think this is what the Lord wants me to do. If it's his will, then that's what's going to happen. In other words, meekness. Submitted. Thank you so much for joining us today. You know, God has been doing some amazing things with Main Thing Radio. Opportunities to air Main Thing Radio are popping up all over the United States. We're so thankful to God for what he is doing. And we would love to see Main Thing Radio continue to expand, sharing the gospel, teaching God's word, 
all over the United States. But of course, bringing you Main Thing Radio on this station and other stations does come with expenses. We purchase time on this radio station, and this program has been professionally produced. While we certainly don't want to manipulate or pressure anyone into giving, we would like to ask that you prayerfully consider supporting Main Thing Radio. Your support will open more doors for Main Thing Radio to be heard in other parts of the country. To make a secure donation, please log on to MainThingRadio.com and click on the donate button. Again, to make a secure donation to help Main Thing Radio continue to grow, log on to MainThingRadio.com and click the donate button. We'd also like to offer you a free copy of today's message. Your free copy is available for you to listen to or download when you log on to MainThingRadio.com. On behalf of Pastor Robert and the entire production team here at Main Thing Radio, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you.